Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon, as always. And we're going to jump right into the news that dominated the weekend. Jamar Kane leaving LSU for a pass rush specialist specialist job with the Denver Broncos. Uh, that news being broken by ours, uh, our on three national uh, reporter, Matt Zenitz, and then confirmed by the team on Monday. Shay, this leaves Brian Kelly with a big opening on staff as defensive line coach during spring practice, headed off to the NFL. What's your initial reaction, and where does Brian Kelly go from here? You know, I guess my – I don't think we were shocked by this. Um, now, when the news came out over the weekend, Billy, on Saturday, I believe it was, we quickly found out that he had – and you had heard that he had interviewed for a couple of different NFL jobs. Um they had practiced in Baton Rouge on Tuesday. He had reportedly, or I don't even know if this was reported, we had heard he went to the interview with the Broncos on Wednesday, came back to practice on Thursday. And by the weekend, he had obviously made the decision to take the job with the Denver Broncos, head to the NFL. He let the team know, at least the defensive linemen, on Saturday. So it was, I think that you have to say that the outside linebacker new role going from a staffer to an outside linebackers coach could have played a role in here. I don't know how big, but Kane went from coaching a whole, you know, entire group of guys to just defensive linemen, but that was very short lived. He was already in an off season where you don't just suddenly start interviewing for other jobs. So I bet he's had his eye on NFL for multiple years and Billy, I don't wonder, or I'm starting to wonder more and more, I should say if because of, college football now and the recruiting calendar and it pretty much just being a 365 day your job where you're recruiting you're coaching um you're worrying about 18 to 22 year olds going to class and all these different things that the nfl where you essentially work for seven months of the year billy i mean you worked in the redskins uh staff personnel department for a while those coaches haven't made they're off for four or five months and they don't recruit anybody they, the GMs, front office, everybody else handles that. All they have to do is show up and coach. He gets a job with who? Sean Payton. Vance Joseph is the DC, a Louisiana native. So it's a big move for him. If he wants to have a career in the NFL, you've got to make that step. So not shocked by it. Um, and certainly I don't think I'd be shocked by any college coaches now, especially younger ones making that move to the NFL after they've already had a big stretch in college where they've been a D-line coach at a number of different schools. Yeah, I, I think the timing, I was a little surprised in the sense that, you know, they were into spring ball. Sometimes that can really calm the coaching carousel, so to speak. But, you know, we talked with some different sources kind of after the fact and, you know, even outside of LSU. And this wasn't something where Jamar Kane was reached out to by the, by the Broncos and, Saul came together really quickly. He had had multiple interviews, including one with the Baltimore Ravens, a couple other teams over the course of the last few months. And, you know, we talked about it on the board. A lot of people want to say, oh, this was was this blindsided? Was this not blindsided? They weren't blindsided. I mean, Brian Kelly did know, um, talking multiple, multiple sources, that Jamar Kane was interviewing. That he knew. He didn't know if that would ultimately lead to a job offer from the Denver Broncos, but it did. And then he took it, and now they have – to officially get underway with a coaching search for the spot. And I think this is one thing where you can kind of have both sides be true. Like, I, I don't think Jamar Kane would have left for another college job. I think 
he either could have gone to a, a smaller school to be a first-time coordinator, but very unlikely that he would have passed up $1.2 million um, to be a D-line coach elsewhere. I mean, not many schools are necessarily going to you know pay much more than that uh, to do it. So you go to the NFL, you get to coach one position, a position that he's very familiar with and had a lot of success with. Uh, Nick Benino, I'm pretty sure he's with uh, he yeah, he's with the Broncos. And so Jamar Kane coached him at Oklahoma. So I imagine that uh, had something to do with it as well. So these things can kind of come together in a sense over a period of time and then become official really quickly, which is what we saw. This isn't necessarily something where they were blindsided. They could, you know, you, you just, they knew that he was interviewing with other teams. It's just a matter of if he was going to get that call. He did. Now he's on his way to the NFL. So I think this is a big loss uh, for LSU. I think, you know, this is a critical year for them recruiting the defensive line and defensive tackles in particular, as we all know, and we've talked about a lot on this podcast and on the board. So Brian Kelly has to go make a splash, but I'll, you know, make this note last year, we heard some rumors of this and that guy kind of being heavily in the mix. And then last minute, really last minute, Brian Kelly got the chance to get one more stab at Jamar Kane before he really left for USC from Oklahoma. He did. They obviously agreed to a deal, worked out. It just you know, didn't last very long, but that's how quickly things can come together. And Brian Kelly can make a splash just like he did with Jamar Kane. I mean, that was a big hire um, when he brought him in. Um, obviously, he brought in five-star Deshaun Womack and, and beat out plenty of schools for Jackson Howard. Um, he got a lot out of Makai Wingo. He, you know, Jacoby and Guillory got emotional talking about it on Saturday with Jamar Kane's departure. But now they've got to go get somebody who can really clean up this 2024 class on the defensive line. I'm really intrigued to see where Brian Kelly goes. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Maybe some candidates we've heard. We've already dropped a hot board. 1.0, we'll have some more names coming. Uh, but you did get me to thinking with the Nick Benito who played at Oklahoma and Coach Kane, uh, Jamar coached him there. Um, but stock uh, up for chances of uh, the Broncos taking a hard look at a B.J. Ojolari or a Jaquelin Roy or uh, maybe in the coming years, Makai Wingo, Mason Smith type. So uh, a little always good to have a former coach on uh, an NFL staff and uh, pushing to maybe get guys drafted. Be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I agree with you. One more note. My old boss, actually, with the Redskins is now uh, on staff with the Broncos. So got no heads up there, not outing a source or anything like that uh, from him. But he's uh, assistant to the head coach. So I'll have to give him some grief over uh, not getting a little heads up that Jamar uh, was indeed headed to be uh, a Denver Bronco. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll say this, too, Billy, we've. You played at SMU, you went to SMU, you've covered an SMU site for a long time where coaches come through. You've been here at LSU, what, five, six years with me? Yeah. More than that, maybe. Um, covered a lot of coaches who've come through. Uh, and we both got to know Jamar, um, you know, both as a coach and away from the field. And great guy everywhere he's been, Arizona State, Oklahoma, LSU, everyone's loved him. Um, so congrats to him. He was, uh, he's, he's certainly worthy of, of continuing to move up and in whatever sort of coaching career he wants to chase after. Yeah, and shout out to him for, like you mentioned earlier, not having to uh, live, breathe, recruiting 365 days a year. Because Good for him. It's a war out there for defensive linemen out there. Brian Kelly's about to go to war, potentially with some uh, other schools over there. Uh, defensive line coaches trying to make a big splash on this one. Shay, let's start off with a name that 
when you say D-line at LSU and you're talking about the D-line coach, there's an opening. It always seems like this one name is one fans are clamoring for and always fires up the rumor mill. Yeah, I mean, if you look at really any year, gosh, we can go back to probably when Bo Davis left LSU, the first, or I should say really got with Alabama and, and Saban started rolling. And he was at LSU at the time, went to the Miami Dolphins, went to Bama with him, had two stops as Bama's D-line coach, but was a guy that then, look, admitted to he had talked to some recruits off campus. Um, now it's nearly, a, not nearly a decade ago, but what, 2016, 17, um, got hit with an NCAA show cause because of it, uh, had to step down off Saban's staff and hasn't been back to the SEC since. Well, Billy, we're a year out from Texas being in the SEC, and he has been Texas's D-line coach as show cause ended. Um, he had done a brief stint with the Detroit Lions for a couple of years during uh, that time, but there aren't many guys who are a combination of coach-recruiter that are as respected uh, as Bo Davis is. And, and again, I mean, he's a Mississippi native, but uh, played at LSU uh, in the early 90s, started his first coaching Job was a grad assistant uh, at LSU in the late 90s. Came back with Saban, as I noted. Uh, worked with Tommy Moffat and that strength and conditioning staff. So, yes, I think that forever LSU fans have hoped that whoever's head coach, whomever is head coach, can find a way to get Bo Davis back. Now, Texas has lots of money. They can keep whoever they want to keep. He and Sarkeesian have coached together before, coaching together now. So they've got a very good relationship um, and certainly Texas is a school that uh, recruits well and, and is going to always be at least in the mix to start the season uh, to compete for championships. They certainly have talent, um, but that's the one that everybody initially says. And I have no, no kind of real doubts that Brian Kelly is going to, or already has looked down that road and weighed whether or not he would want him as a target and wherever it goes from there, you see, but I do know that that would be, one of, if not the top name that I would mention. I mean, that is your sort of dream list name. Yeah, and, and you could go across the board on uh, multiple staffs, and there are incredible defensive line coaches across the country. You, you could say, well, LSU should throw the bank at so-and-so and so-and-so. And Bo Davis would be on that list. And the connections make a lot of sense. I mean, we talked about it on the board a little bit. His – recruiting ability is is right up there. I mean, that's really what a lot of people covet him for, I would say at least. Obviously, he's worked for Saban, so he gets it done on the field as well. But his 2022 class at Texas, I mean, six four-star prospects across, across the defensive line, including multiple top 150 overall defensive tackles, which is really important. Uh, he recruited a little bit of Louisiana with Jamon Tapp, of course. Um, so he's got those recruiting chops in a, in a time when it's very difficult to recruit the defensive line and get those really impressive hauls. Not many schools can consistently do it. Um, and, and Bo Davis is a part of that at Texas, you know, getting that top end talent um, to campus. So uh, I think this is one where you've got to circle him and see if it can all fall in place. You know, Texas is going to fight like hell to keep him. That's the reality of it. Um, he was, he's been with Sark for a while now. They've ob he's obviously got the saving stamp of approval. That's probably why they brought him in and things like that. But you've got to look also elsewhere because there's a really, you know, real possibility that there's going to be others out there. And I'm intrigued to see if they can make a run at, you know, another big name or if they go up and comer or if 
it's somebody with a connection to a madhouse. Yeah, look, and I'll add one more thing on Bo Davis, just because he gets mentioned as a top target, and I do believe he should be. Um, but Texas is a big-time job, and he's been the D-line coach there for a few years now. So you think, much like you just said about Jamar Cain, you didn't think he would leave for another college D-line job. Well, is Bo Davis leaving there for another college D-line job? I would think not, unless it's LSU, where he played and coached, Alabama, where he Nick Saban still is, and he's worked for him multiple times, maybe a Georgia, because they're obviously elite, he knows Kirby well, there's connections there, but I couldn't name you many more programs that I would think Bo Davis would leave Texas for to take the same job at another school. So you're, you mentioned it, it's tough sledding. If you go after him, and I'm sure every year coaches are going, our schools are going after Bo Davis, Texas knows what to do to keep him. Now, LSU does have the benefit that he played football here, coached here, began his career here. So there is a little bit of that pull and uh, we'll see if the, if Kelly even goes after him or, or maybe what direction they want to go in. Uh, I'll give you, you mentioned connection to house and our hot board 1.0 is up. You can check that out. Um, full breakdowns on folks we're hearing and Billy will have uh, some more names. We'll do another hot board this week, 2.0. So stay tuned for that. But Jimmy Brumbaugh at Coastal, um, who Coastal has been a very good team in recent years. Uh, he was there this past season. That was because uh, he left kind of, he was part of that Brian Harson staff. Uh, but you look at kind of SEC experience and he played at Auburn, but coached at Auburn. Um, gosh, let's see, Tennessee, I believe. Uh, yeah. Co-defensive coordinator, 2020, uh, also D-line coach, but notably is the Kentucky stop because he was there for four years, but during one of those years, he coached with Matt House. And Matt House is now LSU's defensive coordinator. And Billy, you would think that that would mean he has a big hand in choosing who ultimately they hire. He knows Brumball. Brumball's considered a good recruiter. So just another name that we heard that could pop into the mix that might have some interest. Um, and look, if it goes anywhere, we'll see. But when you start to mention guys like that, and again, even Brumball, Let's get a year here for you. Um, worked at LSU from 2006 to seven under Moffitt uh, as a strength coach. Um, so a lot like Bo Davis, too, had worked as a strength coach at LSU. Uh, they had some good ones come through there. Now these guys have moved on and uh, been D-line coaches and been big SEC coaches, uh, or I should say at big SEC schools for a number of years. Certainly qualified enough to get a look. Um, and we'll see where it goes. But that was one more name we had heard. Yeah, so check out uh, the hot board. I'll drop some more notes. Uh, they'll probably be up by the time you guys are listening to this podcast Monday night. Uh, so check that out uh, on the defensive line uh, coaching search. Uh, John Jancic does, does coach the Jacks. Gerald Chapman is stepping up right now as that defensive line coach. And one more note, Bo Davis makes $875,000 at Texas. We'll say Texas, no state income tax. Louisiana has state income tax. So uh, I would say it would take uh, – you know, probably 1.2 at least to get him to listen. And then you, you get into that war with, with Texas over bidding to keep well, him. And it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. You're always going to say that too. He's going to say, if you paid the last guy, this, I need yeah. at least that. So that's why um, both Lini got paid what Dave Aranda got paid. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, final thoughts there though. Con you know, congrats to Jamar. Obviously he was excited about it. I saw he had the entire D line over at his house over the weekend, uh, hanging out, cooking all that. Um, but he heads to Denver. 
the search is on. And I will say this. We both said this on the board, um, but I'll let you speak for yourself here. And I'm going to give my opinion. My number one quality for the D-line coach is an excellent recruiter. I just think that if you start reeling off the same type of talent on the defensive line that even Texas, but Bama, Georgia, those schools are getting, that's what wins you games and championships in the SEC. Um, LSU is shorthanded on the D-line this year, but still had big moments from guys like Makai Wingo and Jaquelin Roy and B.J. Ojolari, and now you get Mason Smith back and you brought in a five-star to Sean Womack. You want that to continue and add more of them. So um, Jamar Cain was known as a good recruiter um, before he got here. He had recruited a lot of guys to Oklahoma. He obviously went national to recruit a lot of guys at LSU. I'm just, for my opinion, obviously, if you're getting a look from Brian Kelly and getting hired, you're going to be a good coach technically. Like you understand the game and know how to coach it. I want that position to also be one of the best recruiters on the staff. That would be a, a preference if I'm Brian Kelly. Well, and it's one of those positions that if you recruit it extremely well, it's really hard to screw it up. And and I mean that to not to, you know, dumb it down as far as, you know, how to coach the defensive line, but it is a hell of a lot easier to coach a Mason Smith, a Deshaun Womack, a Caleb on Chasson, a BJ Ojolari. I mean, the list over the years just kind of goes on. You get these freaky guys that, have that athleticism and in, in some cases a combination of incredible size and athleticism to come in, they're going to be able to just kind of go play. And Mason Smith was very raw coming in. He's figured it out. He's been, you know, you're, we're expecting massive things from him this year. There's no doubt about that. You got to recruit at an elite level. You really do. You know, you could kind of teach guys how to play linebacker. They've got the tools, but that D line spot you really want those guys that are almost ready-made, especially in this league. Yeah, well, we are tuned in. Well, we'll have plenty of updates on the Bengal Tiger, so yep. stay tuned. So big D-line visitor this weekend coming in as well. Alex January, a quick note on him. He's four four-star defensive lineman out of Duncanville, Texas. Uh, he is still going to come in. Uh, he, he is coming into town. His dad confirmed with that. Confirmed that to me, so... Um, the D-line recruiting won't stop. Uh, be sure to keep it locked on the Bengal Tiger for all things recruiting and team and coaching search now as we dive into it. $10 for four months, and then you get the Bengal Tiger Founders Club hat, so be sure to subscribe uh, as well to uh, make sure you get covered on all that. As spring ball rolls on, Shay, uh, one thing that uh, was unveiled uh, on Monday as well, and it, you know, with all the Jamar Kane news kind of glossed over it in a sense and it kind of snuck up on us but on three unveiled the first 2025 on 300 rankings so 300 prospects not all four stars about two-thirds of them did pick up four star four stars but some in the 200 to 300 range aren't four stars so still working up that list to even more um, but that's the first list unveiled uh look louisiana we talked about that running back group Harlem Berry comes in as the number 13 overall prospect in the country, the number two running back, and he's the top top ranked player in Louisiana, which has 10 prospects in the on 300. So Louisiana in 2025, looking strong early on. 100%. And these kids just finished up sophomore season. So even for diehard recruiting fans, you're just now finding out who these guys are. So I'm going to um, – not dumb it down. I'm going to simplify it here for everyone listening uh, because I don't expect you to know who all these guys are. But 
what I'll do is I'll give you some notable sort of stats here. And Billy, you can react, but this I think really drives home how deep the state is. And 10 guys made the 2025 initial top 300 for this current class of guys who are about to be seniors. There's not even 10 in it yet. So that's a huge number out of the gates. It'll only rise. It leads you to believe this is going to be one of the deepest years in Louisiana for high level college prospects or college football prospects uh, in a number of years. And number one, first thing that'll jump out to you is they have the number, the number one player in Louisiana in is Harlan Berry. He is the number two running back in the country. And what, let's see, number 13 overall. Well, the number one running back is number 11 overall, and they have the same rating. So Harlem Berry very much on track coming out of St. Martin's Episcopal and Metairie to be a five-star for one, Billy, then to maybe be the number one overall running back. I've heard people comp him to Jamal Charles. Um, this kid is really electrifying. LSU offered him during Brian Kelly's first summer camp. Frank Wilson was there. Uh, he was one of the youngest guys in attendance. Wasn't even ranked at the time by schools. LSU becomes offer number one for him. Then James Simon gives him two top 10 running backs. James Simon uh, coming out of Calvary Baptist up in Shreveport. Another thing, Shreveport with two at Captain Shreve and one at Calvary Baptist gets three guys in the initial top 10 in Louisiana. So North Louisiana will have guys. I know LSU is always um, – kind of looking into North Louisiana to try to re, you know really establish their footing there. They've got a, usually a pretty good grip on South Louisiana. The test will be, can they get into Shreveport and really hit a home run uh, with three guys already in the top 300? But two linebackers in the top 15, Keelan Moses and then Corey Amos out of Opelousas. The only LSU commitment in Louisiana, Brett Bordelon, makes the list as uh, the number 11 interior offensive lineman in the country. And beyond Captain Shreve getting two in, you high gets two in. Um, Keelan Moses and another one, Jaden Gloston, a cornerback. There's not only a lot of talent, but a lot of seemingly top end talent because these guys are checking in very high at their position groups. Even guys like uh, Trey Fuller out of Captain Shreve, who's checks in at number 10, number 299 overall. So Billy sort of squeezes in to the back end of the top 300, he's inside the top 25 safeties in the country. So Louisiana has talent and there will be more guys. I'm telling you, Deshaun Ford at Opelousas. Um, you could sort of go up into the Teron Francis uh, at Edna Carr. I'm looking sort of at some of my notes here. Um, Davian Jackson, another safety at Westgate is a good player. Nate Shepard and Xavier Ford, two more running backs. Jalen Coleman, a third running back. That's going to be a really deep group at running back with two of them already in the top 10. And I also continue to notice beyond Corey Amos, Landon Hammond, a cornerback at Opelousas, I think is one of the best players. Um, another one being Deshaun Ford, the running back at Opelousas. So there are some schools here early. It's looking like schools like U High, Captain Shreve, Opelousas that are going to have multiple players uh, that Westgate um, that are pretty highly recruited uh, will be interesting to see kind of how LSU fares at each of those spots. But a deep class, there are there is going to be more names emerge over time, right? So I expect them to continue to add more to the top 300. And what it does for me, Billy, the, all this tells me is if LSU handles business in Louisiana, you get one of the best recruiting classes in the country because then you can just pick your needs position-wise of what you don't have in state, go out there and target them. 
I think this is setting up to be a huge cycle for uh, LSU coming off of a year, this current cycle, where Louisiana is kind of down, so they're having to go national a lot. That won't be the case in 25. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, really excited about Harlan Berry and James Simon. Uh, I'm going to go over and probably catch James Simon's spring game in Shreveport. So for our Shreveport listeners, let me know May uh, 16th. I think that Tuesday I'll be over there uh, catching that spring game, uh, seeing him play for the first time in person, uh, on the field at least. Uh, Simon seven, seven on seven briefly as well. He's just a big, big body. I mean, talk with Charles Powers about him. Uh, really like how he can catch the football as uh you know running back very skilled catching the football um you know and for how big he is i mean he's pretty quick you know that was one thing charles honed in on just that quickness uh to find the hole hit the hole do all those things and you know i just think if lsu can get those two guys in in at running back i mean if you want to pick up a third you can but uh those two guys at running back would be outstanding in 2025 obviously the state's pretty deep they had devin harper uh, the offensive lineman out of Captain Shreve on campus uh, earlier in January. He'll be back again. He's really high on LSU. Uh, he's got an offer from Ole Miss. He's got an offer from Mississippi State. He's going to he's visited Ole Miss. He's going to visit Mississippi State. But you can tell his heart is at LSU. So if he does get that offer, uh, I think he'll jump on it as well. Uh, this is just a really exciting class. I think it's a class that we know a good bit about. When the rankings you know, hit our inbox, I didn't sit there and say, Hmm, that, that, you know, so-and-so I don't have here or have there, um, you know, you can make the argument for Deshaun Ford out of Opelousas to, you know, certainly be in there and others. Uh, but I felt pretty good about where this 2025 class came out for us uh, right off the bat. No, a hundred percent here. I'll give you one more name of a guy whose film uh, I saw that um, was impressive. Um, and I think could be uh, a guy that college coaches have eventually jump in on. Uh, he, I don't think he has any offers right now. Let me uh, Tyron Winslow, D lineman out of HL Bourgeois. So keep an eye on him. I got him a profile, Billy. So got he's got that going for him. He'll end up getting some offers. But uh, I'm going to have a story on the site Tuesday on the Bengal Tiger. Uh, right now, you can go on the site and read about all 10 guys who made it into the top 300. I'll have a story about at least 10 more guys uh, who are going to be highly recruited by colleges. So as you noted, excited to cover this one because it is a deep, deep class in Louisiana. No question. And, and look, LSU fans have a lot to be excited about because they're going to get uh, Bryce Underwood, the five-star quarterback. We talked about him a ton. The number one overall prospect, the number one player at the quarterback position, four on three in the class of 2025. He's going to be back on campus in April, so be sure – Check out the notes. Chad Simmons dropped on the site as well on as him being a five-star. And look, we mentioned it. You know, tra- Charles Power broke it down. He's just one of those guys that is starting to look like a true generational-type quarterback. And LSU's offered. They've had him on campus. They're going to have him on campus again. They're trending well early for a guy of his caliber. Yeah, I've talked to a few college coaches who say that Bryce Underwood, when you look at, and he's a sophomore out of Michigan, uh, has already visited LSU, is just on campus this month, has got every college out there uh, recruiting him. But Joe Sloan has done a good job getting in on him early, getting him to campus. That's what you want to do when these guys are early in their process. But you look at these past couple of classes, and um, meaning guys who have already signed, That's now they've had full evaluation cycles, Last year, it was Arch Manning and Nicholas Iamaliva and um, 
Jackson Arnold who went to Oklahoma the year prior to that. I think it was like Devin Brown and Drew Aller who went to Penn State. Um, but I'm giving you some of the guys who finished like in the top 10 nationally or were the number one overall quarterback and overall prospects in the country. I've had multiple college coaches say Bryce Underwood, if this keeps up, is better than those guys. And he can run it. He can throw it. He has size. He an impressive, impressive prospect. Yeah, I, I love what he brings to the table. I mean, you also have George McIntyre, who was just on campus this past weekend. He's the number two quarterback in the country. He's at number 16, I think, uh, overall in the country on on three. So he's out of Nashville. He's He's got those great college coaching, um, you know, genes to him. He's a basketball player. He's been at LSU a couple times now, and he's pretty high on the Tigers. I'm set to catch up with him later on Monday. Look, Joe Sloan, he's on the top two quarterbacks in the country for the class of 2025. It's a class that you have Ricky Collins in 2023 coming in. You got Colin Hurley committed in 24. You could get – I mean, if you could come away with either one of those guys, I mean, you are sitting – so pretty long-term at the yeah. position now. I mean, that's a grand slam if you get either of these two guys. But as you mentioned, when you already have three quarterbacks on campus, you expect Nussmeyer to be here at least a couple more years. You're now bringing in Colin Hurley behind Ricky Collins. These guys just finished up sophomore years. Swing for the fences. There are other quarterbacks out there who are very good that they're keeping up with, but they haven't offered yet. And these are your two early offers. They are two of the best quarterbacks in the country, no doubt. They've both already been to campus. McIntyre's been to campus three times now, I think, in the span of six months. So his interest is obviously real. I don't know what the percentage chances are that they get either guy. I would think they may have a better shot at McIntyre than Underwood, but that's probably because he's from Nashville. It's obviously a lot closer to Michigan and uh, that he has already visited multiple times. But swing for the fences. That's what you do here. If you don't get him, not a big deal. Recruit the next guy, and I've said it before on the podcast, with the transfer portal, if you miss on a class or if something happens and things go awry and a guy leaves on, you can go fix it. So if I'm Joe Slow and I'm doing exactly what he's doing, recruiting the two best guys you feel like are out there. Yep. No question about it. Now we're going to kind of close out the uh, rankings talk and look, we could break it down more for you guys and we will later on. Uh, there's a lot of off season to go for sure, but wanted to highlight three guys for you that made the top 50 in the uh, new on 300, uh, and they're three skill players. And I'm going to lead off with with the one that we just caught up with. Uh, certainly, you know, really talented. He's from the same area as Colin Hurley uh, and Jamie French, the four-star wide receiver. He de debuted as a number 15 overall prospect in the country, the number three wide receiver in the nation. He's a huge target for Cortez Hankton and just picked up an offer uh, on his visit. So, Expect LSU to turn up the heat there in a big way. He is dynamic. I didn't know if you were going to keep reading all three of them off. I was just going to give a stat to follow them up. Um, so you while keep you going, or you want me to you want me to step you, in here? Yeah, no. While you queue up that stat, uh, okay. I'll I'll mention the other two um, with notes on each. Uh, Devin Sanchez, four-star cornerback out of Houston North Shore, so where Denver Harris hails from, and LSU's had a little bit of success over the years recruiting North Shore. He checks in at number 23 overall, number three corner in the country. He is uh, elite, 6'2", 160, uh, just one of the most dynamic athletes in the country. Um, and LSU is going to host him uh, later on this spring in April as well. So they'll get their shot 
Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, Oklahoma, many others in on him early on. And then finally, one that continues to let us know that LSU's right near the top of his list, and that's uh, Katie Jordan, wide receiver out of Texas, uh, Andrew Marsh. Checks in at number 24 overall, just behind Devin Sanchez, the number four wide receiver in the country. He's been to LSU a ton. Six foot, 175 pound prospect. LSU actually leads the on three recruiting prediction machine for him. He is dynamic. Saw him at the uh, underclassmen combine in San Antonio, and he was a top performer. LSU's got some some really elite prospects right at the top of this uh, initial on three hundred. I mean, if you're if you're saying okay, they could go get a George McIntyre, land a Harlem Berry and a, a Jabari Antoine out of out of uh, Westgate. And then you could stack in an Andrew Marsh. I mean, that would be four right there if the rankings ended today. Um, and, and that's not counting a Devin Sanchez or a Jamie French. So LSU's in on some of the top prospects in the country overall. And, you know, we'll have to see how those chips fall. Yeah. Okay. So here are the quick, uh, what does it all mean? Can they, what are the chances uh, update here on the on three recruiting prediction machine? And it's early. These guys just finished sophomore seasons, a lot of recruiting to go, but Jamie French out of Jacksonville, FSU leads the way right now. LSU in the number two spot on the on three RPM. Uh, you mentioned a guy like Devin Sanchez, his visits coming up uh, right now, Texas and Oklahoma lead the way on the on three RPM, but he is a Houston kid at North shore. LSU's recruited the school for decades. So you're going to be involved in that one. And certainly I think that they'll start to creep up the on three RPM uh, for him. And then Andrew Marsh, LSU leads the way on the on three RPM ahead of Oklahoma. Uh, that's thanks to a number of visits and uh, him showing some early interest in the Tigers. But um, I should also say, Billy, I wrote the rundown and I told you and I to pick out some prospects in the top 50 and just like talk about five or six of them. Uh, and we did the quarterbacks and these guys, I should actually have changed that because we picked guys that are all in the top 25. So <laughs> drives home that look, LSU's in it, getting top 25 players onto campus early and often here in this cycle. Then you toss in Jabori Antoine out of Westgate here in Louisiana. He's the number 21 prospect uh, overall. And then Harlan Barry at number 13 overall. That's like seven or eight guys right there in the top 25 that they are heavily in the mix for. Yeah, no question about it. And there will be guys that emerge. I mean, they, you know, as, as true targets for LSU, especially, you know, it, I, I think of a state like Texas. I mean, that's a state that LSU really wants to recruit hard and, and get into even more. And there are numerous Texas prospects that dot the rest of the uh, on 300 already. And, and some have LSU offers, some don't. Um, so this is a, this is a really good group. I think uh, just kind of scrolling through the on 300 today, a lot of familiar names from some of these camps, you know, guys that have been on the radar for a while. So uh, LSU is going to take their stab at a lot of them, but they won't have to go far uh, if they play their cards right with uh, Louisiana in 2025. That's for sure. I'm excited. All right. This wasn't even a recruiting recruiting pod, but we gave it to him. Yep. We're going to have to uh, come up with even more. Another massive recruiting weekend to come this weekend, though. So we're going to talk about that on the recruiting pod. We'll have a lot more discussion on the recruiting podcast later this week. So be sure to tune into that. We appreciate all you guys who have subscribed to the YouTube channel. We're now over 3,300 subscribers on that. Appreciate all of you guys who have subscribed to TheBengalTiger.com. For that $10 for four-month deal, be sure to jump on that. Not going to last much longer. Appreciate everybody for listening to this pod. Gone almost 40 minutes for you guys, so we will catch you guys later in the week with another edition. 
and uh, keep it locked on thebengaltiger.com. For Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. We'll catch you next time.